0: Hello and welcome to Happier. This week we'll talk about why you might try to lower the bar and why any major transition is a great time to form a new habit. I'm Gretchen Rubin and did you know that every week we have a list of aims for what we want to achieve in this podcast? Here it is, practical, funny, research, transcendent, revealing, sisters, evergreen, loose, fun, vulnerable, differences, community.
1: Yes, I'm Elizabeth Kraft, the sister part of the equation, and we actually have those words written on a piece of paper so that we can look at them before we begin. And Gretchen, this week, I'm going to try to be practical and funny (laughs) and transcendent. And I feel sure I've got the sister's part down. So I'll do my best.
0: Excellent. Um, Oh, and listen, here's something funny that I just learned. Uh, On the cover of the Happiness Project, there's a picture of some buildings. And I just realized that those buildings are a block from the studio where we record Happier.
1: Oh, it's destiny.
0: Yeah, I had no idea. Yes, it is destiny, although I didn't know it until just recently. So that was exciting to figure out.
1: And before we launch into our Try This at Home segment, I want to tell everyone to get excited because next week is episode 30, which means that it's a very special episode. We do a very special episode every 10 episodes, and this um, time we're going to have a very special guest. So stay tuned. It's going to be good. I promise.
0: So, Elizabeth, uh, this week our Try This at Home tip is to lower the bar
1: this sounds like something i can get behind <laughs> go continue
0: so lower the bar is just the reminder that sometimes if, if we're struggling with something uh, maybe we just need to lower the bar maybe if we've set our sights too high and we need to just remind ourselves that we can aim for a less ambitious goal you know one of my favorite phrases is uh, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good and that's definitely the motto of the try this at home to lower the bar Uh, So can you think of any places where you would lower the bar?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of places um, I can think of where I would lower the bar. Um, But entertaining is a huge one, right? I think for both of us. For both of us. Yes. Our mom, I don't I'm sure we've probably mentioned it on the podcast is a she's a great host. And yeah. she throws beautiful dinner parties and she is the kind of person who really entertains to the nines when she so chooses. And you and I did not inherit necessarily her touch. No. So, I no. think for a Safe long time say. we've Yeah, safe to say. I think for a long time, you and I both felt like we couldn't entertain. We were too intimidated because we knew we couldn't meet her. Not that it's her standard for us. It's just what she does.
0: So we know it's possible. It's like you can have this beautifully laid table. You can have this beautiful china. You can have these beautiful arrangements. You can have this amazing food. Like you can yeah, it's just, you see it and you, we both appreciate it. That's the thing. It's not like we're blind to it. So we get it that this is beautiful and lovely and everybody enjoys it,
1: but we're not capable of creating it. So if we ever want to have people over, we have to lower the bar. And mom even, she helped you out with that, right? What did she do?
0: Yeah. Okay. So yes, I think after, after really trying to help us raise the bar mom is now trying to help us lower the bar more graciously <laughs> mm-hmm. so one of the things, so i have all these book groups i'm in three children's literature book groups plus i'm in a regular book group where we read you know grown-up books so one of the and, and we all take turns making dinner and i'm just totally frank about it to people i'm like if i'm if i'm hosting you're having like takeout chinese food basically because i am the bottom of the curve um this the only way I can be part of four book groups is if I a- absolutely lower the bar to the bottom plate. So what mom did, and I thought this was so sweet, was she got me these super elegant Japanese paper plates. So they're really good looking, um, and and kind of special looking, but they're still paper plates. So I don't even have to load. I don't even have to load the dishwasher. Um, it's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Now, yeah, how about you? Uh,
1: well, I got um, in a similar vein, and I was actually with mom when I got these they're paper placemats and so you just rip them off this pad and put them around the table and then at the end of the day you just toss them and I also use paper plates with those paper placemats and I either if I have people over it's either Chinese or I pick up barbecue or order pizza that's my rotation. But
0: so here's the thing about lower the bar. And I'm sure you would agree with me. It's like in the end, like people love a beautiful party. Everybody enjoys that. But what's most important is that you do it at all. And that that's what people really appreciate is that you're just people are getting together. People are having fun and that it's so much better to have the party the way you can do it than to hold on to some fantasy self who's going to be having all these like beautiful embellishments where you just are going to be paralyzed and do nothing.
1: You know? Absolutely. And it's true for other things like, uh, informed fitness, which I gave a gold star to when, seems like forever ago now, um, which is the <laughs> exercise routine you and I both do. Uh, it's a weight, a weight training program. I had to realize there, like, I need to lower my bar because I need to feel when I go into this, that I am not going to be so dead at the end of it that I think of every single reason not to do it. I have to still give it a lot, you know, let's say 90%, but maybe lower the bar from 100% to 90%. In order just to keep doing it.
0: Now, when I go to the gym, like to do cardio stuff, I do it very easy. And I'm like, I have to, this is the only way I'm going to go consistently as if it's basically not very hard, right. um, but yeah. better to go than to not go. And the same thing with InForm. I mean, I had to switch trainers because my trainer left. And I and the guy who was going to train me um, is super hardcore. I know because he's the one that um, Jamie, my husband, works out with. And Jamie really, he wants to go to 110%. And so he really liked training with this guy. So I was scared. And I said exactly that to him. I was like... I want to do this at like 90% because if you do if you're doing it at 100%, it's hard. It's will it will knock you out and I then I might not stick to it. I want to do it in a way that I can do it. And I think for a lot of people they just you know, you have this fantasy of being perfect and when you can't be perfect it's like, well then why bother?
1: Exactly. I mean, I can I experience that sometimes with reading. Oh yeah, perfect example. You know, because I'll feel like I remember Sarah was reading War and Peace, and I just thought, Oh Lord, I'm not <laughs> up for that right now. By the so, way, by know, the
0: way, War and Peace is like reading The Stand. It is totally like once you get into it, you can't put it down. But but I but I get your point anyway. Yeah,
1: I would believe that because I felt that way about Anna Karenina. But regardless, I could not get into re- War and Peace. And sometimes you just have to say, you know what, I'm not going to read that. I'm going to read, you know, the new Candace Bushnell book and be be very happy that I'm doing it. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. It's better to read the thing that you're going to read than to not read the thing that you're pretending to yourself that you're going to read that you're not. And so instead you just watch TV all the time.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So let us know if you do try this at home and how lowering the bar works for you. And where do you lower the bar? Um, Twitter, Facebook, email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com, or go to my site. Um, I create a post for every episode. This is episode 29, and you can find all this information there.
1: Gretz, you know I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day.
0: Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com/happier. That's n-o-o-m.com/happier. What do you have to lose? Visit noom.com/happier to start your trial today. So now the better than before habit strategy for this week is the strategy of the clean slate. Um, In my book, Better Than Before, I talk about all the 21 strategies that we can use to make or break our habit. And we've talked about the clean slate before because it's something that comes up a lot, but it's so powerful. I really feel like we need to really give it its place uh, in the pantheon of strategies and, uh, Mm -hmm. and talk about why the strategy of the clean slate is so important.
1: Yeah, I mean, clean slate is kind of how I live my life because my job often, as you know, Gretch, involves a complete change every six months to a year.
0: Right. You're lucky because, because the thing about this clean slate is that anytime there's a major change of um, whether it's personal relationships like, you know, you get married, you get divorced, you get a new uh, sweetheart, a new puppy, a new baby... Or you can have a change of surroundings, like you're a new apartment, a new city. Um, and like you say, like a new jo- you have a new job and a new school because Jack is going to kindergarten. And, um, and like you say, y- y- you're constantly going through transitions with work, not only at work and the people at work, and stuff, but often you're going to a completely different part of town. So everything's different.
1: Yeah, and I I mean, I try to use the clean slate method, you know, say, okay, starting with this job, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z, or more importantly, not do X, Y, or Z. Um, And some, it's, you know, somewhat successful. Um, One job I started and I just said, I'm not going to eat any of the snacks. And I think I've talked about this because we have so many snacks here at any TV job. And that I've managed to carry with me through each of these jobs. But, so I mean, that's at work, huge. I'm not eating like the tin of popcorn or the cupcakes that we get from, you know, an executive or, uh, birthday cake or, you know, a, a million other things that we have around, uh, which isn't to say I don't go home and eat stuff. And I do think that the more there is of it at work, the more I end up eating at home. Cause it's like, I've been looking at it all day, but at least it's something. And like, I had to do that starting a new job. I couldn't like start that in the middle of a job. Right.
0: Because all your old habits have been wiped away, then it's easier for new habits to form. It's a much less. Uh, strain to make those new habits. I um, mean, I'll just say in passing, and because we said we were going to do research, um, the research shows that with self control, it does wear down over time. And as it gets later in the day, people tend to have less self control, and especially when when you've been using a lot of self control, then it can be hard to keep your self command later. And that's why I think having it be a habit is easier because the more you're not in the habit of eating that stuff, then the less it crosses your mind to eat it you're not using your self-control all the time because you're just like well this is what i always do i i always bring my snacks from home that's what i eat i don't eat the snack from the from the the giant giant walk-in kitchen
1: i just i need to use kindergarten more effectively like i need i said to adam hey new now kindergarten it's a whole new thing and i'm only eating a healthy dinner and not snacking at night and i have not proceeded to do it so maybe i'll have to say um you know Starting this week, clean slate, kindergarten. But
0: you are gonna use the kindergarten transition though in order to work on your novel in the morning. Because that that's also yes. like the it's like the change of routine kind of opens up this hour for you that you can take advantage of. So that's a great example of a clean slate because it's like you have the the your the change has changed shaken up your schedule in a way that now you could have a new habit rush in. Whereas in your old where you were working. You didn't have that space. Right. So it would have been harder to have that habit form.
1: Yes, that is true. How about you? Have you used clean slate in your life or do you not even need it because you're you're so good at keeping habits anyway?
0: Well, as an upholder, I do struggle less with uh, with keeping habits. But, you know, we're getting this puppy um, and I was thinking like, well, this is going to be a new thing. And I, I think one of the constant challenges for anybody, but it's certainly writers, because whenever you're working, you're like sitting unless you have a treadmill desk like you have a treadmill desk, but I don't have a treadmill does. I think that's good because having this puppy is going to mean that I'm going to be up and walking around more. So that's probably going to be a good transition for me. And and I think sometimes, too, like when you think about these big transitions, you know, it's, it's easy to think of the big, big transitions like moving. And in fact, in one study of people who made major habit changes, Thirty-six percent were associated with a move to a new location, yeah. which is like when people are quitting smoking. You know, they they say like, oh, if you're moving to a new house, that's a great time to quit smoking. So that's a major transition. Like that is good, but then sometimes little transitions can be good. And I heard uh, a great story from a woman who was in a habit of eating junk food in her car, and she said like it was like the car had a mind of its own and it would just turn in. Like, remember how <laughs> our car, my, our parents would pretend yes. like our car was turning into topsies.
1: No, Dairy Queen. Yeah, or Dairy
0: Queen, like of its own volition. Like, oh, I'm not even driving yeah. the car. You know, it's Chitty Chitty Bang yeah. Bang is taking over. Um, and so she said she would just find herself turning into these fast food joints. She couldn't help herself. And it was like, she could not stop. But she rented a new car and you know how have new cars feel so pristine and they have that new car smell. And so yes. she said, she recognized this was a transition. It wasn't a major transition, but it was a transition of car. And she said to herself, I'm never going to eat fast food in this new car. And she said it was effortless, ah. that there's something, it was enough of a transition, even though she was driving home the same way, there was something about the new car. She was able to capture that and turn it towards a better habit so I think one of the important things about the strategy of the clean slate is to recognize them even they don't always look like a major transition like oh I'm getting a divorce you know it's huge sometimes it's these smaller things or like my neighbor moved away and that could have subtle changes in my habits in ways that I, I don't expect interesting So, yeah, so just take advantage whenever your slate is wiped clean um, as an opportunity to change your habit. And let us know uh, what kind of clean slates have worked for you to help you um, make or break an important habit. Okay, next up is a listener question. Uh, And remember, if you want to leave us a voicemail question, which we love, the number is 774-277-9336, or easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336.
1: So, Elizabeth, what's up we have a question Gretchen from Jess and she asks us do you have any tips for cultivating happiness when you have a small child or children I love my one-year-old very much but it can be overwhelming I work full-time and then when I'm at home with her there's always so much to do while still paying constant attention to her she interacts with us of course but she can't talk yet and she's just mobile enough to get herself into trouble I love our routines, going on walks, reading to her, rocking her to sleep, but the constant nature of it all is very draining and makes me feel like a bad mother to say so. Then everything else has to get squeezed into her short naps and the couple hours between her bedtime and mine, which makes me very jealous of my time and resentful toward anything that takes it up, even good things like my husband, other family, and friends." I know I'm far from alone in this. Do you have any tips or strategies that worked for you other than remembering that the days are long, but the years are short? So, great she knows your work. That's one of your favorite sayings. Yes.
0: Uh, and this is just a huge issue for everybody, I think, for parents generally, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, don't you think this is one of the number one sort of um, things people with young children deal with? 100%, yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: Um, and I happen to have a lot of friends who have small children right now. So it's something we talk about a lot. Um, and most of us are also working moms. So we relate to the, you know, that they're just not very many hours after work to have everything else in your life happen.
0: I remember when both my daughters went from two naps to one
1: nap. And you're
0: just like, how can I possibly live my life if we're down to one nap? And then people are like, I oh, know. but they'll pretty soon they'll give up even that nap. And you're just think, well, I can't even, how how is this even possible to, to, to manage without all those naps? I know.
1: I remember that too. I mean, one thing that I've really decided uh, for myself is that even though I'm a working mom and I feel like, well, every second I'm not at work, I should be home with Jack. I finally realized that I need to take a night here and there to go out with friends or see a movie Or do something that I'm just doing for fun uh, because it rejuvenates me and it refreshes me. And it, I mean, it's cliche, but it makes me a better mom because I'm a happier person when I do take some time for myself.
0: No, I think it's really important because it, it's really true. If you if you give more to yourself, you can ask more from yourself. And so then you, you don't feel totally depleted. You don't feel like every other part of your life is falling into decay. You don't feel like you're so out of touch with your your family and your friends. I think it's really important. But another thing too, is I think, I think a lot of people are starved for solitude. Uh And I think this is something that's hard to balance with family because you do feel like, well, I should be, if I'm not with my child, I should be with my friends. If I'm not with my friends, I should be with my spouse or my family or whatever. And then sometimes you just need to, you know, for some people, they really need time to be by themselves. And I feel like sometimes that's easy to get shoved to the side, but if you need that rejuvenating solitude, it's you, you really start to feel depleted if you don't get it i mean i remember talking to a woman where we were talking about sort of like what would your fantasy day be and her fantasy day would be like i want to go out in a kayak by myself on a lake for three mm. hours and i was mm. like that's not an impossible dream like you could do that and right. she finally realized like oh you know she had the same kind of thing oh i should be using my time to keep all my connections with these people but she realized what she really needed was just three hours once a month in a kayak by herself And, um, and so I think you need to make space for that too, if that's something that you need.
1: I also remember when Jack was really little, I mean, like, you know, 10 days old, mom was staying with us to help. And I was, you know, just out of my mind with exhaustion and (laughs) the whole, you know, new mother thing. And I'm not like a natural, uh, you know, domestic goddess. So it was all very new to me. And I, I think I was complaining and mom, she said, look, she goes, you have to savor yeah. this time. Yeah. It is going to be gone so fast. And again, you know that intellectually, but just hearing it from mom say it it, it, it just landed with me that, OK, if I'm sitting here at four in the morning, I just need to study his face and enjoy this moment because, you know, you're going to so soon miss the time when, I you know, you're sitting in the rocking chair at four in the morning and so it's just this time for Jess will pass. Like her, her her, daughter will get older and then, you know, she will be doing her own thing. And then Jess will, you know, miss this time.
0: Just a side note on that. I remember something that somebody told me that made a huge impression and I told you um, was that she said, the one thing I regret about my children's childhood is I wish I'd had more professional pictures taken. And it's really true if you can have like a really good picture taken with that, that really young kid, because like, you feel like, oh, they're going to be this little forever, but then they're not. And then you can, and, and, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I wish I just had, you know, that spectacular photo of that really little kid.
1: I have been really remiss in my professional photos, I must say. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, um, it's, it's a splurge, but if it's, if it's something that you can afford, it's definitely a delightful thing to have happen.
1: And we can't finish this segment, Gretch, without you talking about your favorite topic, sleep. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yes. One thing a lot of times parents of new children feel like, oh, well, uh, you know, they, I'll, I want to stay up later and catch up with this or that or whatever. But you absolutely positively have to get enough sleep. And um, every, most adults need at least seven hours. So do the math, figure it out, and you're going to be a lot happier if you get enough sleep.
1: All right, Gret. It's time for a happiness demerit, and you are up. Yes. What's your happiness demerit? Okay, so my happiness demerit is food waste,
0: and I've been th- for some reason I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, I read some crazy statistics about how much food is wasted every day in the United States, and uh, and we waste food, and I and, and, and in a couple different ways. And one is you know buying things. From the, from the store and then not using them and they go bad. You know, like the peppers get all wrinkly and gross or uh, yes. meat goes bad or something. And I really feel like there's something, I hate waste in general, and I'm an underbuyer in general, but there just seems something kind of wrong about food waste. I'm not one of these people who feels like people should finish everything on their plate. For some reason, that doesn't bother me as much. But like buying food, especially meat that goes bad, just feels like, just feels wrong. But I was, rem- I, and I've been thinking about this a lot, and yet I was reminded by something that A.J. Jacobs said in episode 25 when he, he gave us the very great try this at home tip to eat from the fridge, not the pantry, because healthy food yes. tends to go bad. And I was thinking, in a way, I don't want to get too obsessed with food waste because that kind of creates an incentive for you to eat processed food because then you're like, oh, it'll never go bad. As long as I'm eating stuff from a crinkly package, I don't have to worry about it because I can eat this five years from now and it'll still be perfectly good. So it's sort of like I want to be very conscious of it and conscientious about it. But I also don't want to get so hung up on it that then I feel like I don't want to risk buying, because I could feel myself moving in that direction, Like that I wouldn't want to risk buying this food because um, I don't want it to go bad. Right. Um, But here's another way that food waste comes up, and I just sort of don't know how to handle this. Because... As you know, um, I'm a crazy low carb person, so there's a lot of food that I just don't eat. And when I go to a restaurant, I feel super fussy and like annoying like that character in um, uh, yeah uh, when, when Harry, when met, Harry Sally. met Sally, which she's being so demanding because I'm like, well, I'd like a hamburger, but I like i no bun, no french fries, no ketchup, and you know, no toast, Sorry. no potatoes, you know, and then and it just seems very fussy. But on the same time, if I get it, then I feel bad about the waste because I'm like, oh, my gosh, here's this giant plate of French fries and I'm not eating it. It just feels so wasteful. And so that's another thing where I'm kind of caught between not wanting to wanting not to have the food waste, but then also not wanting to be this annoying person. So anyway, this is just but we do waste too much food Um, as a family. We could be a lot better. And so we're all we all talked about it and we're all going to really try to. I, we don't really have any specific steps. If anybody has any specific steps of things that they do to manage food waste, um, you like, eat food in a timely way, I'd love to hear it because this is something I want to work on. So
1: anyway, moving
0: on, what's your gold star?
1: Well, my gold star is going to Sarah's uh, Neighborhood Association. Your um, writing partner. Yes, yeah, Sarah, my writing partner. I took this gold star from her and she recently her neighborhood association organized a, a neighborhood garage sale oh so everyone was told okay saturday on this date everyone who wants. how'd they
0: communicate with each other are they they have like a listserv
1: and flyers i think there are emails you can there i think there are emails but also flyers oh, okay. so um and it was just everyone if you want to sell stuff sell it on this saturday and so one for the garage sale portion it was really smart because then people were really drawn to their neighborhood because a lot of garage sales were happening in a very you know uh like on the same block uh, but then they did the thing and this is the real gold star part of it where they organized a um a charity to pick up whatever people didn't sell. Ah. So you're, yes. So it was just this great thing where you sold and stuff and then whatever was still left, you didn't have to lug it back into the garage.
0: Right. Well, because a lot of times with charities, they won't pick up unless you have a certain amount of stuff because it's like we can't be running all over the city like picking up one box of stuff. But if you're like, this is a lot of stuff, it's worth your while, then maybe they would, they'd come get it.
1: Yeah, so I just thought that was such a great idea, Uh, and it really fosters neighborhood feelings, you know, then you're out with everybody and talking to your neighbors, and I know Sarah sold a lot of stuff um, and gave away a lot of stuff, so so that's my gold star is to the uh, Sarah's Neighborhood (laughs) association. But I don't
0: know if anybody is familiar with Poppleton, but one thing that Poppleton did is he he was having a garage sale or something of his stuff. His neighbor was having a garage sale and he just took all her stuff and put it in his attic. And I bet there was a lot of that, of people just shuffling around stuff among their oh, garage hey sales. <laughs> That's my... Who's Poppleton? Oh, you know, it's just like a children's book, but it's brilliant uh. if anybody doesn't know Poppleton and they have like a three-year-old. Um, but uh, that's so so like so much fun. I mean, just like a fun yeah. thing to have happening in your neighborhood.
1: Yeah, community. Love
0: it. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Lower the bar. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you.
1: Thanks to our producer, Henry Malofsky. Also, thank you to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer from Panoply. We love to hear from our listeners, so get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at gretchenrubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at gretchenrubin.com.
0: And Elizabeth, you know, we are thrilled, of course, because we just hit a huge milestone. We hit three million downloads in just six months. Yay! Um, So thank you, listeners. We really appreciate it. Um, Thank you. Yes, and to keep it going, uh, please be sure to tell a friend if you enjoy listening to our podcast and subscribe to us on iTunes.
1: Until next week,
0: I'm Elizabeth Kraft And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward.